Welcome to the Lanyap Life Podcast, where we discuss the lifestyle and practical insights of living in the extra of all God's blessings. Tammy here, and I'm with Dick Sorensen, continuing our series on Ephesians. Today, he'll discuss the life God has for us, how to put off our old ways, and appropriate the grace that is available. And this all takes place in the second half of chapter 4. So let's continue with Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 32. And in the first part of the chapter is talking more about uh, the body of Christ, how it came into being, how it was formed, how it continues as a, a multi-faceted, <laughs> many-membered body growing and maturing and developing. And now let's look more at uh, the individual life of the body in one individual or one cell or one person. So in verse 17, This I say, therefore, and affirm, based on the above, that together with the Lord, that you, individually, walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walked in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart. Let's look at this. Uh, At one point in time, we who are not Jewish, the Gentiles, (laughs) were living uh, in such a way that we were living in unproductive, unfruitful ways that were uh, coming from our own intellectual understanding and conclusions and emotions and uh, will. So we, we living out of our, our life, our own soul life, the human life that we inherited from our ancestors, uh, it's unfruitful, unproductive in, uh, in terms of giving us freedom and giving us uh, an inheritance for eternity. And in verse 18 it says, because we were being darkened in the understanding. And that word there has to do with the process of thinking, evaluating. So we, we were being darkened in our process of thinking, uh, conclusions, imagination, uh, and as a result of that darkened understanding, uh, the way we were living excluded us from the life of God. And that word for life there is Zoe life, eternal life, life-giving impartation from God that has no corruption 
at all. And it was because of the ignorance, which means uh, we just didn't have any information, couldn't uh, receive any information, <laughs> couldn't... Uh, uh, there, there was no way in this old life process that we were able to uh, understand and receive uh, the insight that we needed because it wasn't available. Uh, we did not have the ability. It's like sitting in a classroom, <laughs> and uh, in the classroom, all you're hearing is uh, English, but what you're needing is physics. <laughs> well, you're in that classroom, as long as you're in that classroom listening and participating, you're going to hear about English, but what you need is physics. Okay, that's what it's saying. And it was because, this whole thing is because of the hardness of their heart. Now, that word hardness there means um, the insensitivity. How does that heart become insensitive? Well, through um, callousness is another. So if you and I uh, work with our hands without gloves, the sensitivity of those hands over a period of time of constantly working are going to develop calluses and those hands won't be sensitive. In that instance, that's necessary or wear gloves. But with our heart, <laughs> the lifestyle and the way of living that is constantly uh, around us and we're interacting with, that begins to uh, produce a callousness on our heart so that it's not sensitive. And instead, there's a hardness that develops on our heart so that it cannot receive uh, the direction, information, interaction of God. And then in verse 19, and they have become callous, see. And they've given themselves over to sensuality. Yeah, part of that sensitivity of the heart is towards uh, goodness of God, all the spiritual, eternal values, purposes, uh, blessings and inheritance and promises that are there, but with the callousness that develops, uh, instead the passions of the body and the soul begin to take over because the need that it's searching for, it can't, it's insensitive to receive. And so it tries to fulfill its own passions, its own needs. And it goes more and more into uh, the 
area of um, here it's called sensuality or licentiousness or corruption. Every deviant, corrupt thing that, and it has to be more and more deviant for it to have an effect upon the heart that is continually being hardened and calloused by all of this activity. And therefore, there's a practice of every kind of impurity. There's this drive to not just experience, but then to practice. But the more that that happens, the more insensitive the heart becomes, the more hardened it becomes. And so there has to be a searching out for something else that will touch and uh, fulfill that passion. And it becomes more and more deviant, more and more impure, more and more corrupt of what the purpose that we were created for. But then in verse 20, but you did not learn, and that's a word that has to do by experience. You did not experience and therefore learn Christ in this way. He's outside of that. If indeed you have heard him and have seen and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. So, the whole thing about being born again, begotten from the life of the Father, that Zoe incorruptible life from above, is in Christ. And uh, we hear about it, but it makes no sense uh, until... We open the eyes of our heart, and they begin to be opened. And that truth begins to penetrate, and there's an openness. And as that happens, we look up, we respond, and we receive that life from above. And it is truth. It is truth, and it is a person. It's Jesus And in reference, in verse 22, in reference to our former manner of the way we were living, we get to lay aside that old soul life which was constantly being darkened and was being more and more corrupt, more and more uh, hardened. and it was being corrupted in accordance with the those passions of deceit. Those passions were producing more and more darkness, which is bringing deception to us because it's we're closed off. The truth is that classroom is over here <laughs> where physics is being taught, but I'm over here in this room where only English and I'm being darkened that I can't even see that the difference is there. And I'm locked into this other room, the deceit of that manner of life. 
And in verse 23, and that you being renewed in the spirit of your mind, that's what God does. His life in us begins to transform, make new our soul and our mind of our soul, understanding of our soul, passions of our soul, in the spirit of our mind. And we're able to put on, almost like put it on as a coat, the new soul, the new self, which in uh, the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness and truth. That life that we receive is God's life that comes from him, and it has been uh, formed and imparted to each one of us as we receive him. And it's righteousness, it is holiness, and it is truth. We don't have to try to become righteous, although that will happen more and more. We don't have to try to be holy, although that will happen more and more as his righteousness and his holiness and his truth, that life in us, uh, begins to have more and more effect on this new man in Christ. Therefore, as this is happening, and that's the way that life is beginning to move and transform and renew within us, therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And it goes back to, we're all members of the body of Christ as we have been born anew. And we are uh, just like cells in a body. We are individual, but all connected together. And we can lay aside uh, the former effects of the old life. And we can begin to live out and declare, proclaim, respond to, and interact with one another according to the truth, Jesus, in us. Because we are members one of another. We're connected. We have that same life. And then in verse 26, well, be angry. Yeah. You and I will be angry because of our physical makeup things that will stimulate that uh, release of energy is directed uh, depending on some of our past experiences, how we perceive it, uh, conclusions, the emotions that it releases. And yet, do not sin. And that is not just don't commit the act of sin, but don't allow sin as that entity to corrupt and destroy the way it was programmed. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So one of the things that's very positive, you and I are going to be angry because of <laughs> living in this world and what happens around us. But when it happens, we don't have to allow uh, sin... Uh, to have its effect using that 
to destroy. Instead, don't let the sun go down before you and I deal with the anger uh, in the Lord and with the other people. In verse 27, do not give the devil an opportunity, or uh, in the Greek it says a spot, because when sin happens in this world, because it's here seeking to destroy, just like a cancer, and Satan uses that, it gives him a place to begin to bring more and more darkness corruption, destruction, to steal, to kill, and destroy. So don't give him that opportunity. So when the anger comes, before the sun goes down, deal with it in the Lord. Go to the Lord with it. Release yourself. Release the other person. Forgive. Cancel it. Take authority in Jesus' name and put on that new man. Um, not only forgive, but uh, deal with the accusations that the enemy is uh, bringing to your mind against all these other people, <laughs> which the anger is involved with. Deal with the accusations about yourself and uh, receive uh, God's uh, forgiveness, cleansing. And he says, you are now no longer under condemnation. You are not condemned, and therefore don't condemn yourself or others. And uh, so in place of anger, you and I get to uh, receive tenderness, forgiveness, kindness. And let him, in verse 28, let him who steals, as he said another practical thing, let him who steals Steal no longer. Stop practicing that. But instead, let him labor. Let him work. Find something that is productive for you. And performing this work with your own hands, what is good and produces goodness in you and those around you, so that you may have something to share with others who have need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. That word unwholesome there is rotten. (laughs) Um, There are words that will come out of our mouth that produce life and words that produce death. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. (laughs) And so if we're repeating and pronouncing words that are rotten, that only produce destruction and death, what good is that going to be? Uh, What is going to be the outcome? But instead, instead, but only such words as is good for edifying, strengthening, building up, according to the need. So, Around us, there will be needs that we encounter. Things are going on with us and other people. So instead of making a pronouncement that's negative, that is destructive, that is unwholesome, that does not edify in any way, doesn't strengthen, doesn't produce good, 
<laughs> doesn't impart grace. There's no kindness, gentleness in it. Uh, then what's going to happen is more and more death, destruction is going to be taking place. Um, so when we say all of these good words to edify, according to what the need is at the moment, it will impart grace to those who hear. And guess what? You and I always hear what we say. <laughs> so if we're saying all these negative, destructive, condemning, critical, judgmental, condemning words, what's happening, we're not receiving grace, we're receiving death, destruction, deceit into our own heart and our life. And then in verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All of these words doesn't mean that it drives him away, but it grieves him that we're not actually receiving the benefits and the promises and the inheritance. Instead, we're walking in this darkness, in the hardness that has calloused and hardened our heart is keeping us from receiving life, and instead it's parting death, imparting death and destruction. But we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. He's present in us, around us. He will cover us as we turn to Him, as we receive uh, that insight by our eyes of our heart being enlightened by His revelation. And then verse 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be put away. <laughs> I don't have to receive it. That old man died in Christ. I can take off or lay aside that old self. Um, it, I can put it away in Christ on the cross for you know, all of eternity. It's nailed there, taken care of there, and that's not my inheritance. And in verse 32, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. That's our, we get that inheritance. That is the life of God in us that he would like to manifest. And we have opportunities with each other for that to occur. The old man would like to uh, continue the manner of life in which he was living before we uh, received that new life in Christ. But in Christ, we have that life that overpowers the other. And we get to put the old one off and put the new one on. And we're renewed then in the spirit of our mind. And it is a continual revelation and declaration of Christ in us, the hope of glory, here on this earth 
with other people. Mm-hmm.